0: heart used to be and no glory is divided on the firing street they say building back better make america great if that's a wave of the future all i've got to say stick your progress where the sun don't shine be just mine, stick your progress, where the sun don't shine, they invite the whole world to come live in our land, and leave our country Government say you can have back your freedoms if you do what we say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your peace. It's been us all over, but it's all over now We figured it out We ain't backing down Stick your progress where the sun don't shine Keep your big mess away from me and mine If you leave us alone, we we'll would all be just
1: Auto Plaza Direct, King's Court starts
2: now.
0: Test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. Oh.
1: Wednesday morning, St. Louis and all parts, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com. It's right here, the live show. As we always tell you, this show is all about the truth, backed with evidence and facts. If you want something else, go somewhere else. It's pretty simple. You can go somewhere else and listen to our show, though, on podcast, on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, Anchor. And, of course, you can hear the podcast right here as well on our website. So the website offers you a lot. But the live show is only heard here every morning at 7 o'clock. We welcome you in this morning. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746, 538-0746. It is hump day, so it's a Wednesday, middle of the weekday. And tomorrow, the college football season opens in earnest. There was a smattering of games last weekend. Missouri opens tomorrow night. National television. They may want to rethink that. Although they are playing a Patsy, Louisiana Tech. Missouri's almost a three-touchdown favorite, so they should be able to win that one. They've got a few other patsies on their schedule. It's unlike the days of yore when Al Onofrio and Warren Powers were coaching down at Missouri and Dan Devine where you actually had a real schedule and real opponents to play. And, of course, you had national headlines when you would beat them because Missouri was the giant slayer back in the day. The problem was you'd beat a Southern Cal on the road when they were ranked number one and undefeated, and then you'd turn around and lose at home to a pedestrian Illinois team. That was the real problem. But they had wins over Notre Dame, Oklahoma in its heyday. Nebraska in its heyday, Ohio State in their heyday, and they still are in their heyday, so is Oklahoma. Alabama on a Monday night game. Those were all big victories for Notre uh, from Missouri back in the day when they scheduled those teams. But now you get Louisiana Tech, Northwest Missouri State? Seriously? Why don't you just play the Citadel? Northwest Missouri State? Surely you can't be serious. Sadly, they are serious. And so this is the kind of crap we get when we deal with Missouri football these days. And it's sad because those old days, even if you went 6-5 and five in an 11-game season, it was fun. Because you knew it was going to be a bit of a roller coaster, but you were going to upset some of the nation's best teams. And even if you lost, you were at least going to play them. Abilene Christian is on the schedule this year. Didn't even know they had a football program. Louisiana Tech, Northwest Missouri State, Abilene Christian, and Kansas State are the Missouri's four non-conference games. They might rue the day they scheduled Kansas State. The game is in Manhattan. Old foe from the Big 8 and Big 12. But um, it's not Notre Dame. It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. Michigan was another team Missouri beat in those days. Dan Devine beating Michigan in the 1969 season when Michigan had only that loss. At Michigan, 40-17, to 17, I believe was the score. Missouri had just one loss all year, went to the Orange Bowl. That was the last year, coincidentally, that Missouri won a conference championship. That's right. I said it correctly. 1969. Yikes. I've said this often, wouldn't you think you could just stumble onto a conference championship somewhere along the line where all the other teams had a bad year and even if you weren't that good, you'd still win it? But they haven't been able to do that. In case you're counting, 1969 is 53 years ago. It's been over a half a century since Missouri football won so much as a conference championship. There's no excuse for that. That's absurd. Yes, you played in the Big 8 and Big 12, which had Oklahoma, Nebraska as perennial powerhouses. But that's all right. You beat them sometimes. So stop losing to the Iowa States, and you would have won a conference championship. Stop losing to the Kansases, and you would have won a conference championship. And now you play in the SEC, where you've got Alabama to reckon with every year. And now Georgia. Wasn't that long ago Missouri was beating Georgia with some regularity. Just a few years ago. Georgia has leaped forward. Why? Because they hired one of Nick Saban's top assistant coaches as their head coach. Missouri, on the other hand, hired a guy who had one year as a head coach at Appalachian State. So who would you rather have? A guy who was instrumental in helping Nick Saban win one national championship after another at Alabama, that's who Georgia hired. Or a guy who had one season as a head coach at Appalachian State, that's who Missouri hired. Georgia won a national championship last year. Not a conference championship, a national championship. Missouri was languishing around the 500 mark and fell below 500 when they lost to the powerful football program from West Point. Army in a bowl game. You could probably make a safe guess that if Georgia scheduled Army today, they could beat them by 100 points if they wanted to. But Missouri lost to them. So that's where the programs have gone since Missouri was beating Georgia with any regularity. Georgia actually hired a football coach. Missouri hired a a trick play guy. Okay? You get what you deserve. And it's not going to change this year, so don't get your hopes up, Missouri fans. Sorry to douse it already, but it's just the way of life in Columbia, Missouri. They don't care about athletic success. It's like someone once said to me about a high school program here in this town. They offer sports. They don't really compete. And that's what's gone on down at Mizzou now. They offer sports, but they don't really compete. Who who are you competing with if you're Missouri? South Carolina? Why is it that a South Carolina program, which since Steve Spurrier left, has been a disaster? How is it that Missouri and South Carolina's game is rated a toss-up every year? Missouri has sunk to their depths. Vanderbilt. Are you certain that Missouri will beat Vanderbilt this year? I'm not. You'd have to guess they would, but I wouldn't bet my life on it. Vanderbilt. That's who you're talking about when you talk about Missouri football now. Can they beat Vandy? (laughs) It's pretty sickening, isn't it? I mean, Arkansas will beat Missouri like a rented stepchild when they play their game day after Thanksgiving. They've tried mightily in the SEC to make that a rivalry game. But the true rivalries are gone. Missouri playing Kansas, that was always the great rivalry game. They had established somewhat of a rivalry with Illinois. Certainly they have one in basketball. So they did it in football, but then they stopped playing the game. You'd have to question Missouri Athletic Department under Mike Alden for that reason. Mike Alden established something at Missouri when he was athletic director there. He established that their football program would play the worst possible non-conference schedule available so that they could qualify for a bowl game with a 6-6 six and six record every year. If they happen to go 7-5 and five or 8-4, and de doo But he guaranteed they would get to a lousy bowl game every year. Now, why did he want to guarantee that? Because he and Gary Pinkle, his head coach, received guaranteed bonuses in their contract if they simply made it to a bowl game. If you don't make it to a bowl game in college football today, your program sucks. Sucks. There's something like 38 bowl games now. Remember how special a bowl game used to be on New Year's Day when you'd sit around the living room table and the TV was on and you'd try to switch back from the Rose Bowl to the Sugar or Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl was at night? Those were monumental games. Now they're not. And certainly the bowl in New Orleans, or excuse me, in Shreveport, The Independence Bowl, which Missouri specialized in going to, certainly couldn't be ranked high. So I get off on this tangent of college football for Missouri because it drives me crazy and they open up tomorrow night. So we've got football upon us and from this moment forward, every Saturday, every Saturday until New Year's, we'll have college football. It's a beautiful thing. I'm pretty sure every Thursday and Friday night we'll have college football. As well. Sometimes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And starting next Thursday, a week from tomorrow, we'll have NFL football. So it is football season. No one except the tried and true Cardinal Sheeple would care about baseball at this point. The Playoff positions are already set in baseball. It's just a matter of where they'll slot them in. There are very few races in baseball anymore. There are almost zero division races, the divisions are, the teams that are winning the divisions are running circles around the teams below them. So there's no drama. There's no great September race. Cardinals finished the season with six games against Pittsburgh. How did that happen? If you're Milwaukee, which isn't going to catch the Cardinals, but if you are Milwaukee, you say to yourself, hold on a second. How do you call this a legitimate race for a division championship when you give one team the final six games against the woeful Pirates? If the Cardinals had to, they won't have to, but if they had to, they should be able to win all six of those games. I don't care who you scheduled for Milwaukee those last six games, it wouldn't be as bad as playing Pittsburgh six times. That's kind of laughable, but that's baseball. Baseball Baseball's laughable. So we've got college football upon us. The NFL is around the corner. October baseball will be fun because it's playoff time, but it's not October. So until we hit October, uh, this is what we've got. We've got college football and NFL football, and baseball really doesn't matter. I mean, it really doesn't. I mentioned the Cardinals' last six games against the same team, which, by the way, I don't know if that's ever happened. The Brewers, who are chasing them, play the Marlins four times and the Diamondbacks three times. Now, before you laugh at the Diamondbacks, they're almost a 500 team now. Whoever their manager is, and I I don't know who it is, probably should be the manager of the year. They've won five in a row. They're just six games under 500. They have the same record as the San Francisco Giants. Giants won over 100 games last year. Who would have said Arizona would be tied with them? But they are. Arizona is well ahead of the Rangers, the Angels, the A's, the Marlins, the Nationals, the Cubs, the Reds, the Pirates, the Rockies, and tied, as I said, with the Giants. They're ahead of Kansas City, Detroit. They're one game behind the Chicago White Sox, a playoff team of a year ago. That's what happens when you get a good manager in there. Oregon and Georgia are playing to kick off their season. Notre Dame is playing Ohio State to kick off their season. Those are the kinds of games we used to come to expect here in Missouri, but we don't anymore because Missouri has become petrified of good competition, knowing that they can't compete. How electric would it be on the campuses of Georgia, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Ohio State for the first weekend of the season? Missouri's begging this coach down there, Eli Drinkwitz, Eli Dipschitz, is begging the student body to come to the game. Last year, Missouri averaged less than 50,000 fans a game for the first time since I can remember. He's having to beg the student body to come, trying to shame them into coming to the game. What else are you going to do on a Thursday night in Columbia, Missouri? Go to Harpo's. But you can go to the game and go to Harpo's. But that's how bad it's gotten. There's no buzz down at Mizzou for the opening of the season. There should be. God, back when I was in school there, it was the thing. Every weekend in the fall. It doesn't have that allure anymore because Missouri decided that they'd rather be woke than win games. Being woke is more important to the University of Missouri than anything else, whether it's athletics or anything. Number one priority down there is being woke. And if you're woke, everybody's happy down there. That's why people that come out of the University of Missouri, if I had a business, I would be reluctant to hire them. I want to hire people that are competitive, people that know what it takes to win, people that want to win, people that want to succeed. People that come out of Missouri now are people that think, "Boy, I hope everything's inclusive. I hope they're hiring the same amount of black people as they are white people, the same amount of women as they are men, same amount of Asians as they are blacks and Indians. If they're not, I don't know if I can work there. Those are the kind of people you get coming out of the University of Missouri. Why would anyone want to hire someone coming out of the University of Missouri for a job? In any business. Every now and then I'll mention my friend who owns the Houston Astros, who's become a self-made billionaire. When he first started his job, or his business, I should say, not his job, he told me that he would hire only ex-athletes. I said, why is that? And he said, because they're competitive. They want to win. They want to succeed. It's in their DNA. That's how they're trained. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a whole lot of sense. The people I know that are the most successful came out of sports backgrounds. Now, there are other people who succeeded, of course, without that. But they had the same inner drive that that they don't teach anymore at places like Missouri. See, people in sales jobs all across America who have been spectacularly successful that weren't involved in sports, but they weren't involved in woke thinking either. And that's the name of the game. Down in Missouri, it's all about being woke. If you go down there tomorrow night and you happen to boo Louisiana Tech or, God forbid, boo Missouri, they'll probably escort you out of the stadium. How dare you? Don't you know that all the children get to play well together? Everybody's equal. Why would you boo the poor young man who dropped the pass wide open? Unbelievable, isn't it? That's Missouri for you. That's what they've become. That's what they've become. As I said, there there are no baseball races. If you're of a certain age, you remember the 1964 Cardinals and the charge that they made coming back from nowhere to win the pennant. To win the pennant, only one team got in the playoffs from each league then. The playoff was called the World Series. Now people act as though winning a wild card is extremely important, and they celebrate with champagne. What? You haven't won anything. Do you get a ring for becoming a wild card team? No, you don't. Do you get a ring for winning the first round of the playoffs? No, you don't. So why are you celebrating? Because in the woke world, we must celebrate everything. Everybody deserves a pat on the back and an ice cream cone after the game. Don't leave little Johnny out. He sucks. He didn't even get to play, but give him an ice cream cone too and tell him how great he is. Shut up. I've about had it with those woke bastards. And I've really had it with this bumbling nincompoop who calls himself the president. I don't know if you suffered through that yesterday. You probably did not. I suffered for you. You're welcome. And he's going to give another speech tomorrow night, probably going to say a lot of the same stuff. Yesterday was the tryout. in from about, I don't know, 500 people in a gym. And I'm sure they had to pay those people to come. They've mimicked everything about Trump's rallies now. They've got people standing behind Biden. They never did before. They now have people behind him with placards in this particular case because he's named his new crime bill Safer America. Now, this is a guy who's been in office almost two years and hasn't given a damn about a safer America. Not given a damn. In fact, he, he alone has made America the most dangerous place on earth. And it is. It's more dangerous walking down the streets of an inner city in this country at night than it is walking down the beaches of Mogadishu. I'd prefer to walk there. Maybe I could escape into the sea. But he alone has done that. And now all of a sudden, 70 days out from the midterms, he's interested in crime. He's interested in you being safe. Isn't that noble? How wonderful of him. Geraldo Rivera says he really roots for Biden because he's such a good guy. Geraldo Rivera belongs in a nut house, And maybe a trip to the barber. You're not 15 years old. You look like an idiot. But you are an idiot, so it's always good to look like what you are. Biden's such a nice guy. Biden has ripped the fabric of the soul of this country to pieces. He loves to talk about the soul of the country. You're going to hear the soul of Biden's country here this morning. You're going to hear it in spades. You're not going to like what you hear. It's going to piss you off and you're going to get angry at him. But that's okay. Because we, we need righteous anger, as the Lord said. There's nothing wrong with righteous anger. Ask those tax collectors that were in the temple and had their tables flipped over by Jesus when he walked through there. Righteous hangers, okay. And I've got plenty of it for this hat. So he decided to run out there and lie, 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 lie. And he started it off by talking about who else? The Republicans. Because all of this crime, this magical crime wave that began when he swore himself in, It's all the Republicans' fault.
3: Guess what? Every single Republican member of Congress, every single one in this state, every single one voted against the support for law enforcement. They talk about how much they love it. They voted against the funding. Flat out. Flat out. Every Republican in the House, every Republican in the Senate, every single one,
1: one thing you're going to notice here this morning, there is a pattern of him starting to yell as he goes along. Someone should tell him, you have a microphone, you don't need to scream. But he yells and screams uh, because I think on the teleprompter it says, yell here, scream here, act like you're pissed off here. But when you start off with that big of a whopper, that big of a lie, I never speak for the American people, but I do pray for them. I pray that they're smart enough to understand what a prolific liar this guy is. He's not even good at it. He can't convince anybody of his lies. When he tells you that every Republican is against law enforcement because they voted against it, and by the way, he was in a crowd of law enforcement people yesterday because, after all, he cares so much about them. Remember, he wants to defund the police. He doesn't say that now, but he said it during the campaign and you'll hear it this morning. So here's where he is. That's his audience, and he plays to them by blaming Republicans for voting against law enforcement. Do you know what Republicans voted? You know, you know what bill that that he's talking about? That was a bill for the seventeen thousandth round of COVID relief that the Republicans voted against. Every one of them, and rightly so. That had attached to it a little bitty, tiny, tiny, tiny amount of money that potentially could go to law enforcement. Didn't guarantee it, but potentially. So the trick for the Democrats, the lying liberals, always is the same. Let's attach something to this big bill, and we'll claim it's all about law enforcement, when we're not even guaranteeing a penny for law enforcement. But we'll mention law enforcement, so that if the Republicans vote no, which they will, we'll blame them for voting against law enforcement. And that's exactly what they did. But to the uninitiated people out there who aren't familiar with that bill and who aren't familiar with what he's talking about, because he will never tell you what he's talking about. He never identified the bill that they voted against because that would be exposing him for the liar that he is. So that's what we try to do. We try to do the homework here. And it struck me when I heard him say that, I thought, I don't remember the Republicans voting against a law enforcement bill, so I went back and looked around, and, oh, there it is. That's what he's talking about. Aha! A COVID relief bill. Did we have enough of those? By the way, how did that do for the country? Did it improve the economy? Did it improve anyone's life? No. Nope. It helped small businesses to some degree. But after a while, it hurts small businesses because Biden and the liberals never know when to stop. The only reason it was necessary to begin with to help small business was because Biden and his people were closing and locking down small business, which they now claim was a bad idea, but it wasn't theirs. Yeah, you're going to hear that today, too. They're now running away from that as if they had nothing to do with it. So all of a sudden... Joe Wuhan, Willie O'Talibiden is concerned about funding the police. And oh, he's going to make sure he tells it to you. As you, as you hear him in these remarks, you'll hear his pet phrases. Guess what? No joke. I'm serious. I'm not lying. No joke. Flat
3: out. Flat out. I know we expect so much from our law enforcement officers. So we need to support them. That's why my crime plan to help communities recruit hired and trained nationwide, more than 100,000 additional officers, accountable officers for community policing. The answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police.
1: Fund the police. I'm glad you pronounced the D there. Fund the police. You might want to talk to, um, gosh, who's that black woman who's constantly on television? I can't think of her name. She's a liberal Democrat. She's a bumbling idiot. She was on Fox. They got rid of her because the people that watch Fox went berserk. But she never pronounces the I-N-G. It's fixin', doin', goin', thinkin'. Someone should tell her Biden never pronounced the D at the end of fund the police. So here's a guy who apparently is insinuating that it's other people who wanted to defund the police but not him. And that he's a guy who says fund the police. Is that so? Well, let's go back to the campaign when he was being interviewed and he was asked directly if he was in favor of reallocating funds earmarked for police.
3: as uh, Surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that we
4: agree that we can redirect some of the funding.
3: Yes, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I don't know
1: what it means when he says they're supposed to be tecting those people. I think the word he was searching for there was protecting, but And when he says tecting, that's good enough. Other people you'd expect to actually say the word, but for him, tecting is tantamount to protecting. They're supposed to be tecting these people. So he's critical of police units who use armed vehicles, armored vehicles. He doesn't want that anymore. He's taking the money away from that. He says, they come into these communities, they don't know anybody. What do you mean they don't know anybody? What does that even mean? They don't know anybody. They're supposed to be texting these people. But he said, yes, absolutely, when asked if he would reallocate funds directed for police. Absolutely. There was no gray area. There was no hesitation. Somehow that gets lost when the liberal media is talking about how Joe Biden never said he wanted to defund the police, but he did. And we save it for you every time this comes up. Because we happen to be watching when he said it. And then Chris Wallace interviewed Donald Trump, and Donald Trump rightly pointed out that Biden was an advocate for defunding the police, and had said so. And Wallace continued to insist that he never said it. Now, Wallace should have been fired on the spot for that because that's inexcusable behavior on the part of a broadcaster who considers himself a journalist, which Chris Wallace never has been. He's been nothing but a political advocate for the liberal left. But he's a liar on top of everything else, and he's wrong. And there's the proof. Once again, it's not our opinion that Biden wants to defund police. We back it up with facts and evidence, and you just heard it. Donna Brazil, that's who I was trying to think of. A friend of mine texted me right away. Everybody knows the ING girl. That's her. We need to be protecting police. Not messing. Not thinking. Not going. Not doing. Protecting. Or as Biden says, tecting. He wants to tect you. A man who's all of a sudden concerned about all things law enforcement wanted to reallocate funds that were directed and earmarked for police departments. That's what he said. But I I love this sudden concern. Remember, we're 70 days from the midterm elections. 70 days. My question to people out there, because I don't pretend to speak for the American people, but my question would be simple. Are you fooled by this? Does anybody think that the gas prices coming down temporarily has anything to do with the midterms coming up? Does anybody believe that Biden really cares about law enforcement? Or is it because the midterms are coming up? And when he reads the polls, the polls tell him that 85%, 85% of Americans agree that crime is a severe problem. Now, 85% of Americans don't agree on anything. But they agree on this. And that number was never 85% before Biden took over. Because we didn't have the crime problems that we have now. So it's all orchestrated by him, no matter how much he tries to blame Republicans, which is rich. That's pretty funny. It's hilarious, actually. What he didn't mention during this entire speech was the progressive district attorneys that people like George Soros fund to get elected in all the inner cities. Republicans aren't running these cities. Liberal Democrats are. And the DAs are all liberals, all funded by Soros. But Biden didn't mention that. He didn't mention Gascon out in Los Angeles. He didn't mention the imbecile, uh, I think his name is Garrett in New York. He didn't mention Kim Gardner, who was censured yesterday by the Missouri Supreme Court but the censure is a joke. It's laughable. We'll get into that later. He didn't mention any of those criminals. Let he blame the Republicans. Republicans aren't running these cities. Your people are. Your people are running the very cities where crime is rampant. That guy in New York, who everybody's seen the video by now, who just coal the person standing there minding his own business. That guy was out on parole. Now you would think, in a real society, that being out on parole would render you careful. You wouldn't want to even stub your toe. But this guy's so brazen, he didn't care. He just walks up, cold cocks a guy for no reason, breaks the guy's jaw, fractures his skull. The guy has pr- brain damage. Brain damage. And what happened to the guy? The the perpetrator. He was booked and released. He's back out on the street. You think he'll commit another crime? I wish I could get a bet in Vegas on it. I'd retire. But Biden blames the Republicans who didn't vote for law enforcement, even though law enforcement wasn't on the table.
3: So why, Joe, why are you all of a sudden so concerned? For too long, too many families haven't had that peace of mind. They watch the news and they see kids being gunned down in schools and on the streets. They just want to feel safe again. They want to feel a sense of security. And that's what my crime plan is all about. You know, I call it the Safer America's plan. The Safer
1: America plan. They always have to have a name for these things like you're in kindergarten. Okay, little Johnny, what will you call this plan? Um, let's call it the Safer America plan. Well, that's good. What about you, Susie? What would you call the previous plan? Uh, build back better. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. How about you, little Joey? What, what's your plan named? Um, the inflation reduction plan. Oh, wonderful. It's like a kindergarten class. All they need are crayons. Then you can color in the letters, safer America. Just color in the big bold letters and you've got Joe Biden. He's so concerned about Americans who just want a safer place to live. Well, where's he been for two years? There's video everywhere of these criminals perpetrating these heinous crimes, whether it's robbery, armed robbery, whether it's attempted murder, whether it is murder. It's everywhere. It just registered with him? Now, you could make that argument because he's such a dolt. But the people around him had to know. The people running the government, actually running the government, Obama and his cronies, they had to know. So they want you to believe that all of a sudden, crime has become a problem that they and they alone want to address. Because they're the party of law enforcement. It is unbelievable. It truly is. And then fentanyl. Now, fentanyl has been... A topic that Border Patrol people have been screaming about now for the last two years. And all the fentanyl that's crossing the border and all of the people, young people that are dying from overdoses. And yet, Joey, pal Joey, just realized that there's a drug problem,
3: an opioid problem in America. My plan does something else really important. It addresses the opioid epidemic. Notice how many people are dying of opioid overdoses now? And by the way, laced with fentanyl? We're going to impose tougher penalties for deadly fentanyl trafficking. That's poisoning communities across this country. This is a key part of the unity agenda I'm announcing that I announced in my State of the Union address. We can do this. We have to do this. We'll make America safer.
1: (laughs) We can do this. We have to do this. We'll make America safer. The unity agenda. There's another one this is part of the unity agenda cuz he's such a unifying force the unity agenda Pe- people are dying from these drug overdoses he says no shit you just realize this 300 people a day are dying from fentanyl overdoses 300 a day and biden's telling us people are dying from these overdoses just started yesterday By the way, that guy in New York, the video that colcock, the guy, he was charged with a misdemeanor when I said he was booked and released. Charged with a misdemeanor. The person has brain damage. Biden didn't address that. He wants you to know, he hey, there's a drug problem. You didn't know that, did you? Now, of course, you had to know what was coming next, that the America Safer Plan has a component in it that will ban your guns.
3: My plan also takes common-sense action to reduce gun violence. We're not stopping here. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. Time to hold every elected official's feet to the fire and ask them, are you for banning assault weapons, yes or no? Ask them. the answer is no, vote against them.
1: Vote against them. You notice know, when he starts talking fast, he's running those words together. Sounds like a drunk slurring his words. Ask every hose their feet to the fire, fire, fire. Ask him. Are they banned for banning assault weapons? First of all, there's no such thing as an assault weapon, so that question is moot right out of the gate. If he means semi-automatic weapons, he should say so, but there's no such thing as an assault weapon, but that makes it sound worse. Problem for him is that would also mean banning handguns because they're semi-automatic handguns. He doesn't like that either. He wants all guns. He acts like he's a an, a, a guy who's supporting the Second Amendment. But he yelled, he yelled it. You heard him yell, he's coming after your guns. And he's not kidding. They always preface their comments about guns with common-sense legislation. Common sense meaning I'm a liberal, and common sense to me means you can't have a gun. Because when we come and take all of your freedoms away, we don't want any resistance whatsoever. Now, we understand that if you don't have tanks and such, you're not going to be able to resist our army if the army backs the government. You can't have a government overthrown in this world anymore unless you have the army on your side. That's just a given. That's a given. You can't be done. But old Joe's going to start out by getting rid of your assault weapons, he claims. Assault weapons. (laughs) And he mocked people who believe in the Second Amendment. He mocked you while claiming that somehow he believes in it.
3: And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me.
1: Shooting at these guys behind me. So you brave souls who back the second amendment, you're shooting at cops? When did that happen? Who's shooting at cops? Criminals, those same criminals that Biden and his prosecutors let out of jail every day with misdemeanors, they're shooting at cops. No one else is. No no NRA members are shooting at cops. It hasn't happened. Ryan is up. Good morning, Ryan. Kevin, how you doing, young man? I'm doing great. How about yourself?
2: I am listening up in Minneapolis, Minnesota this morning.
1: Watch out, because up there, Kamala Harris wants to bail out all the criminals who rioted and who burned buildings down, so... You better be on your toes.
2: Well, you know, it's let's be honest. It's like any other liberal city. I've got my I've got my jacket on, and uh,
1: I'm a boy. So, <laughs>
2: hey, you know, I really, I know, I think this has been discussed before. Lord knows, everybody has talked about it, but I honestly believe that these Dem- these Democrats and these liberals, they believe that we, the voters, the people, we're we're just stupid. Yeah, they do. They have to because they just continue. Um, to, to say things when not only common sense, but at times visual evidence says otherwise, but they will stick to their guns with the notion of thinking, well, I mean, nobody's going to actually check up on this. So we'll just stick to our guns. Like the Jean Pierre Paul, whatever the hell her name is, the secretary, the press secretary, when Peter Ducey called her out about migrants literally walking over the border, she says, well, no, they're not. Yeah. But yet. Two seconds later, there's video of these migrants just ho-hum like they're going to the grocery store. Did, did you know and, but yet-
1: did you know that uh, Dana Perino said that she asked the Fox reporter who's down there on the border every day, they're down there every day, Fox is covering this, she asked him how many reporters from other networks are down there, and he said zero. Zero. Yeah. Except on the day that Governor Abbott announced he was busing these migrants to New York and to D.C. Zero. Zero. The, the, the lame media the, the bought and paid for media doesn't even cover this story so she can say and she knows it well no they're not walking across the border even though you can see the video streams <laughs> of them crossing the river every day
2: well and and again, I know that uh, the the new mayor in New York uh, is pissing and moaning about the idea of, oh how dare he bust these you know these poor people up here well let's stop bitching about that. And maybe start bitching about the reason why they're actually getting bust up there. God forbid you go to the source of the problem. And, you know, again, you go back to, I've asked this many times on social media. I've gotten arguments with people that don't seem to want to answer. But you just said something about, well, you know, Joe, where have you been the last couple of years in reference to the fentanyl and and the drug issues? Well, how about Joe, where have you been the last 50 years? Because this is not a new problem. The crime in these liberal cities is not a new problem, but yet you talk about the stupidity, and, and I'm sorry, but I believe that you know when he thinks that we're stupid, the minorities that continue to vote for Democrat are proving them right. They are. Because what the, what in the hell have they gotten
1: I, over I don't the last understand 30,
2: it. 40 years of voting Democrat? What positive change has come from a black man or a Mexican woman voting for a Democrat?
1: I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. And when you talk to intelligent people in any minority community, they all understand the truth. They don't vote that way. Well, then what are these numbers reflecting? Are they reflecting stolen elections? Because I believe that. I don't believe that the, that the black community votes 75 or 80% Democratic anymore. I just don't believe it because no group of people could possibly be that dumb. They have done nothing for the black community ever, ever. Civil Rights Act, that's it. One thing. and they, they had to do well, that. They didn't want to do it. They did that fighting and scratching and clawing, but they had to do it. But and, and nothing last, else.
2: Last thing I'll say, yeah, you know you're hundred percent right, brother, and I, and last thing I'll say is when when minorities want to run their mouth and tout you know creepy Joe and, and all these great things that he might be trying to do, um, especially when it comes down to the crime side of our country. This is the same son of a bitch that, that wrote the original crime bill back in the 90s Yep, that incarcerated more black men in the history of this country. Yeah. This um, guy hates for, black people. very minor minute issues. Too he
1: hates, him. hates black people. Hates them. But he thinks they're stupid. He, well, he does they're, think they're stupid. Because right, they'll but,
2: vote for him tomorrow.
1: But he's not alone. All Democrats think black people are stupid. That's why they pander to them. They think that they can go around saying that black people are too dumb to get an ID. And they get away with saying it. No one calls them out on it what's sickening is that the black community doesn't call them out on it. I think the black community is like, get the hell out of my life. I'm too busy working my job. I don't need your ass. I think that's really what most people think. Like I said, there can't possibly be a group of people so stupid that they believe the Democrats do anything for them. And then I have to pause and correct myself and say, well, the Jews do. The Jews vote as a block for the Democrats all the time. And the Democrats yeah. haven't done one thing for the Jews. In fact, the Democrats are the most anti-Semitic group alive. Yeah. They hate not the Jews. they long
2: do they not do anything for them, they hate Jews.
1: They hate Jews. Hate them. Detest them. They hate wow. them more than they hate the blacks. You are correct, sir.
2: Kevin, hey, I'm going to take off, but I know you'd appreciate this. Uh been playing golf uh, for almost 30 years. I'm 42 years old. I broke 70 for the first time in my life last weekend. Well, putt-putt
1: doesn't uh, count.
2: He- well, let's that's between me and you, but I still <laughs> hey, Car- have a wonderful day. Keep up the fight, boss.
1: Carpe diem to you. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate right, the call. Dude. I used like going to Minneapolis. I went up there every weekend for a football season, did University of Minnesota games. I loved their city. It was clean. You could eat off the street in downtown Minneapolis. Not now. Not once the liberals got a hold of it. Now you better look out and you better duck. No, but it does make me scratch my head about the Jews. I I don't get the Jews. I've asked Jewish friends of mine, what's the problem here? Well, our families always voted for it, I guess. Your family? Who cares about your great-grandfather? He's been dead for 50 years. It's a different world. That kind of logic just escapes me. And I, I, as I say, I, believe the, I don't believe the black community votes 75% for Democrats anymore. I just don't believe it. They can tell me that all they want, and that's the liberals lying because they're desperate to keep the blacks in the political ghetto that they have them trapped in. But I don't get the Jews at all. The Jews are the most mind-numbing group of people in this country. I just don't get it. They're smart. They believe in education. They believe in hard work. And when it comes to voting, they're the dumbest group of people that God has ever created. I guess they learn no lessons from history. When you continue to vote Nazis into office, bad things happen. I would love to get a hold of a, gosh, there probably aren't too many left, but a hold of a Jewish person who was a prisoner in those death camps and see what they think. See who they would vote for in the United States. I think I can guarantee you the answer. So Biden continued his lies and continued yelling at... I love it when this clown starts yelling. It's it's really kind of funny. I'm telling you, it's on the cue cards. So yesterday it became the MAGA Republicans again. They needed a good yelling.
3: So let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement. If you won't condemn what happened on the 6th, don't tell me. You can't be pro-law enforcement and pro-insurrection. You can't be a party of law and order and call the people who attacked the police on January 6th patriots. You can't do it.
1: You can't do it, he says. What about the rioters after the George Floyd Incident and verdict. What about those people that burn buildings down in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington, Minneapolis, New York, St. Louis, the murders? What about those people? Because you're in favor of them. So can you be in favor of law enforcement if you're in favor of a group of people that murdered Captain Dorn, a retired police officer in St. Louis? Because you're in favor of them. You've not once condemned their behavior. So how do you claim that you're in favor of law enforcement? How do you claim you're in favor of law enforcement when your regime with Obama in charge came after a white police officer so hard that you sent your henchman, Eric Holder, in to try to drum up a civil rights case against him, and even he couldn't do it? Doesn't matter how hard he tried. It tells you how innocent Darren Wilson was. guy was innocent beyond innocent. Two most innocent people in the history of our country are Darren Wilson and Donald Trump. All the resources of the federal government pulled together to try to get them, and they've never been able to get either one of them. That's innocent, baby. That's the new standard for being innocent of any crimes. Donald Trump, Darren Wilson. But it didn't stop Biden and his gang. They wanted Darren Wilson's scalp. That's how much they support law enforcement, and people should never forget that. Lindsey Graham has a question for Biden when he says, if you're in, if you're calling patriots the people that stormed the Capitol, you can't be in favor of law enforcement. By the way, none of those people attacked police. None of them. There were skirmishes when the Washington Capitol Police tried to fight them. Again, the people that broke windows and broke furniture should be fined, cited for that. But that's it. The doors were open for people. The the window breakers, they should be cited, But they weren't fighting with police. They were breaking windows. Nobody attacked the police. And the evidence is no cops died. But people died. Two people died. One was trampled on by the cops. Another one was murdered by a cop. So there were two murders that day, none of which happened to be a cop. And Lindsey Graham
5: has a question for Biden. So why don't you talk, President Biden, to your own vice president? You know, one way to encourage political violence is to bail out people who attack the cops on the streets of New York and Black Lives Matter riots. The vice president of the United States staff raised money to bail people out of jail who rioted in New York, who attacked the cops, and they went right back to crime. You don't hear much about that, do you? You don't hear anything about that.
1: That was Harris. Remember? Remember her tweet? She thought it was real nifty at the time, I'll bet. Probably thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm coming off good to my liberal base. So nobody will ever call me out on this. But Lindsey Graham just did. And we'll go ahead and read the tweet. This is what she tweeted out back on June 1st, 2020. If you're able to, chip in now to the MN Minnesota Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. Your vice president. (coughs) She wanted bail money. I just turned the wrong thing, sorry for that cough. She wanted bail money for people who were burning buildings, who were killing cops, who were killing civilians... Who happened to get arrested. She wanted you and me to post bail money. That's what she wanted. But Biden wants you to believe that he and she are pro-police. Really? You're pro-law enforcement, huh? When you bail out criminals. Again, Biden doesn't mention these district attorneys in this whole speech yesterday. He didn't mention Heels Up Harris bailing out criminals. He didn't mention any of that. Didn't mention his own crime-riddled son. None of it. But he was ticked off that you dare to be critical of the FBI.
3: It's sickening to see the new attacks on the FBI threatening life of law enforcement agents and their families for simply carrying out the law and doing their job. I'm opposed to defunding the police. I'm also opposed to defunding the FBI. The FBI!
1: Would you yell it a little louder, Joey? We didn't hear you. For just doing their job? I got news for this dementia-riddled idiot. There are FBI agents, former FBI agents, very high up in the FBI, assistant to the director of the FBI, who have publicly stated that the FBI had no business taking part in that. That document searching isn't their business. That's a dispute between the National Archives and the president. If the Department of Justice wants to stick their nose into it, and they did, they got egg all over their face. But the FBI had no place. None. Not my opinion. The opinion of former FBI agents. Honorable people. Who wouldn't even work there today. wouldn't even work there. But Greg Jarrett, who is an attorney and a law professor, believes Biden might have this a little backwards. Does he, Greg?
6: Uh, And there you have Joe Biden in his speech saying he's sickened by the attacks on the FBI. He's got it backwards. He should be sickened by the political attacks launched by the FBI uh, against, you know, People who are, it turns out, his political opponents, anybody in Donald Trump's orbit or the former president himself. So naturally, secretly, Joe Biden's in favor of it. You'll also notice that Biden and Merrick Garland uh, are mimicking each other. How dare Americans attack the integrity of the FBI? Wait a minute. This is the same FBI time and again that has used their unlimited resources and immense power to target people for political reasons. I mean, this is the FBI that launched the, the greatest mass delusion in American political history, the Russia hoax. They lied to the FISA court. They doctored evidence admittedly. They confessed to it.
1: Yes, they did. They did all of that. And now there's reporting coming out of The Washington Times from a reporter who's hearing from his FBI sources, whistleblowers. There's 20 of them now that have come forward, at least 20. He says, I'm hearing from FBI personnel. They feel like the director has lost control of the bureau. They're saying, how does this guy survive? He's leaving. He's got to leave. I will promise you one thing. I won't promise you Christmas presents. I won't promise you success for the Missouri football team. I won't promise you the Cardinals will win the World Series or the Blues will win the Stanley Cup. But I will promise you this. Christopher Ray will never resign. Ever. egomaniacs never admit they're wrong. He will never resign. He's as corrupt as anybody who's ever run the FBI, but he will never resign. According to Sean Hannity, by the way, he's not, you know, everybody at the FBI is solid. Just a few rogue agents. But everybody else is solid. Sean Hannity's just as full of crap as the liberals are. He's a poor excuse for a guy who thinks he's defending the conservative way of thinking. He's an imbecile. He doesn't know anything, and he makes a fool of himself on a nightly basis. So, yeah, Biden does have it backward. And the question when you listen to Biden is,
5: does anyone believe this guy? Lindsey Graham, does anybody believe this guy? But the only problem they have is America's much smarter than they think they are. You know, they believe the American people really don't listen and pay attention, uh, that they're dumb. And the truth of the matter is, the reason we have the crime problems we have today is because of Biden's policies. When Mayorkas tells you the border's secure, you'd be a fool to believe that because it's not secure. Uh, the crime problem in this country is directly related to the policies of Democrats in big cities, and in the White House. And the reason so many people don't want to be a cop is they don't believe anybody in this administration has their back.
1: You can ask any cop around any municipality and they'll tell you that. Nobody has their back. Nobody. Not the local mayor. In many instances, not even their sheriff. Because they're political hacks in many cases. There's some good ones. I know some good ones. But this nonsense of Biden acting as though somehow all of a sudden he is the most concerned citizen about law enforcement is laughable. Lindsey Graham's right. They think you're stupid. That's what Ryan, our caller, said earlier in the show. They really believe you're stupid. Liberals have zero respect for anyone, white, black, Mexican, Asian, Indian. They don't care. They have no respect for anyone. They think you're stupid and they're smarter than you. And they think that way because they've been able to get away with their illegal activity for decades. And I can't blame them for thinking that way because if I were in their shoes, I'd think, well, if they're so smart, why haven't they caught me? Legitimate question. But the answer is, they're not that smart. The Republicans aren't. They're spineless. And as long as you have people like Mitch McConnell running around in a position of leadership in the Republican Party, you will have spineless leadership. That mush mouth is so spineless, it's, I think a doctor should examine him to see if he even has one. I don't think he does. I've got to check and see from all angles every time he speaks from now on. Is there something propping him up? Because I don't think he has a spine. I don't think he possesses one. He's an abject coward. He's a fraud. He's a communist party member. And he and his wife do business with the Communist Party of China. What more do you need? And the Republicans keep electing him to leadership, quote-unquote? And if you dare say you won't vote for him, as Eric Greitens said, he'll squash you with the help of Karl Rove. They'll lie about you? That's how Republicans behave. So they're really no better. They just don't lie like these people do to the American public. This is typical of Biden's meanderings yesterday. These are the phrases he always leans back on, you know, the not a joke. I'm serious. Listen to this joker.
3: Not a joke. Not a joke. I really mean it. I used to be in the old days a pretty good athlete, and if someone was really big and tough, you say, I wouldn't screw with him about a sledgehammer. Well, I tell you what, Fetterman's a hell of a guy. There's an old expression God made man, then he made a few firefighters. Because you got to be crazy to be a firefighter. That wasn't hyperbole. I meant that.
1: (laughs) Not a joke. I'm serious. I mean that. Not hyperbole. He says that all the time. It's 90% of his speech. By the way, what old joke is there that God made man and then he made firemen? Because you have to be crazy to be a fireman. Was that supposed to be a compliment to firemen? If I were a fireman, I would take that as an insult. Because somehow I'm less than a man, because God made men over here, and then he made firemen over here, and firemen are crazy. But that's how stupid this guy is. By the way, when he said he used to be a pretty good athlete, does anybody believe that? Do you believe that Joe Biden could even hit a wiffle ball, even when he was 25 years old? I don't believe he could. I'll take the mound, and I'll see if he can hit my pitches. I'd bet my life he could not. In fact, let's go to T-ball. Let's put the ball on a tee and see if Biden can even swing a bat. This guy's got to be the least athletic person that's ever graced the White House. Maybe Jimmy Carter. But, of course, we couldn't get through a speech yesterday without me wanting to blow my brains out because this pea brain had to invoke, altogether class, his son, Bo. If
3: I can just interject for a moment, my deceased son, Bo... he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware, and what he used to do is go down in the east side, what the, called the Bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, in the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is, or the best basketball in the city is. It's where everybody shows up. <laughs> this guy
1: can't help himself. His racist views come out no matter what. That was the 4B speech right there. Biden, Bo, blacks, and basketball. He got the killer bees all in the same short little clip. So let's see if we got it right. His son, Bo, used to go down to the most crime-ridden area in town. Of course, it was the black area. And he himself was the only white lifeguard there. Sure you were. And it was the best place to play basketball because that's where all the black basketball players are. Because that's all they can do is play basketball. Wow! I, if you're black and you're on any network, even if you're a flaming liberal, aren't you screaming at this guy? Blacks are good for two things: votes and basketball. Crime, too. By the way, there's a third thing, because where the highest crime rate was was the black area, and we'd go, my bow would go down there, and then I was the only white lifeguard down there. But Ben. Everybody knew that was a place to come and play basketball because that's what the blacks do. They play themselves some basketball. They're not studying. They're not doing any homework. They're playing basketball. And, by the way, they're committing crime while they're doing it. The highest crime rate in the area, it also had the best basketball. (laughs) I mean, you have to laugh. Even if you're black, you have to laugh. That anybody could be this so insidiously bigoted Is, is unbelievable. He is so riddled with stereotypes, it's not even funny. But my son, Bo, of course you have to bring up your son, Bo. Your son, Bo didn't die a military hero, even though you keep telling people that he did. He did not. He died a tragic death. You know what? Americans die tragic deaths every day. I know people who've died tragic deaths, but I don't bring them up every time I'm speaking. My son, Bo, he used to go down to all that crime area where those black people were. And then I was the only white lifeguard down there. I showed those blacks, but boy, could they play basketball. I mean, it's unbelievable. How do you how do you even make sense of this circus clown? How many cringe-worthy moments do you think any of his staff people had? But that's what they get for trotting him out there. You know, he's more effective when he's in the basement of the White House, because then he doesn't speak. You can't hear him. So there you have it. If the black people vote for him, I would have to say, you ain't black. Here's another Biden gem.
3: How many, my dad used to love to hunt in the Poconos when we lived in Scranton. How many deer bear wearing Kevlar vests? Huh? Not a joke. Not a joke. The only joke is
1: you. How many bear deer wearing Kevlar vests? How many times does he use that? He says it every time he talks. And he says, the other one too, and he said it yesterday, you can't go out and buy a cannon. What does that have to do with anything? Or as my dad would say, what does that have to do with the price of eggs? My dad used to hunt in the Poconos. And he used to say, how many deer have a Kevlar vest? First of all, when your dad was hunting in the Poconos, if indeed he ever was, there was no such thing as a Kevlar vest. So I'm pretty sure your dad never said that. But you lie even when you quote your father. Because lying is so second nature to this guy. He gets out of bed in the morning and he lies. He lies brushing his teeth. He lies getting in the shower. He lies for breakfast. He lies for lunch. He lies for dinner he lies going to bed. Every time his lips are moving, a lie is coming out. There isn't any question about that. He is a born liar. Now, you've heard everything pretty much that he said yesterday. How do you see that speech? What did you hear? Did you hear a guy that genuinely cares about law enforcement? I didn't. Did you hear a guy who wasn't lying? was telling the truth about Democrats versus Republicans in terms of how they feel about law enforcement? I didn't. Did you hear a guy that simply made claims up about Republicans voting against law enforcement, which they never did? But here's how Nicole Wallace, the smartest woman on television, saw it.
6: I feel like this is what I think Joe Biden says when he shouts at the television, but he wrapped it all into a speech and really took his White House... And his party on the offense said we beat the NRA and put himself squarely on the side of federal and local law enforcement who in many instances are on the receiving end of unprecedented attacks from the
0: GOP.
1: Let me see if I got her right. Law enforcement is on the receiving end of unprecedented attacks from the GOP. Who's attacking law enforcement? So in Nicole Wallace's dementia riddled world if you raise questions about an FBI raid of a president first time in the history of our country if you question it you're launching unprecedented attacks at law enforcement if you question a disgraced, another disgraced FBI agent for burying the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to the election you're launching unprecedented attacks at law enforcement in her world but when you say, defund the police, we don't need these police. They're all black people killers. Why, you're perfectly fine with those comments. And it means, if you translate them, that you support law enforcement. Not once did Biden mention the radical psychopath Corey Bush or Sandy Cortez or Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib, or Ayanna Presley, or any of the other nutcase fruitcakes that are in Washington on the liberal side. He didn't mention any of them. He didn't mention how they didn't just want to defund the police, they wanted to get rid of the police, eliminate the police. That's what Omar said. That's what Bush said. But he didn't mention that either, and somehow that escaped the mind of Nicole Wallace. What doesn't escape her mind? She is a sickeningly stupid human being. The only woman on television that could give Ainsley Earhart a run for her money for being so stupid, it's scary. See, I don't look at Joey Reed as being stupid. She's just a radical bimbo. She's an idiot. She's a racist. These people are legitimately beyond stupid. So Biden likes to talk about the soul of the country being at stake. He says that a lot. And then you hear him scream and yell. But the soul of the country is at stake, he says. Here's the soul of Joe Willie O'Tala Biden's country.
7: You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy
5: what you stand for, what you care about.
3: Do you want to be the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? You want to be the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis?
6: This is a bunch of scumbags. This administration is behaving like a bunch of thugs and gangsters. Sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress.
3: The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy.
1: So in that short, less-than-one-minute montage of imbeciles, Republicans and conservatives were called George Wallace, Bull Connor, Jefferson Davis, who was the president of the Confederacy, gangsters, thugs, scumbags, and Pelosi, put it so wonderfully, domestic enemies were at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue the soul of the country. There's the soul of Joe Biden's country right there. Now I hear Lindsey Graham question why Biden's not talking about Harris's bailout plan for criminals, rioters, but I don't hear him call her names or call Biden names. He didn't call Biden a thug for that. He didn't call the DA's thugs that George Soros is funding at Biden's Request and Merrick Garland, he didn't call Merrick Garland a two-bit hack thug, which is what he is. I'll do that. So I don't hear the Republicans saying any of that stuff. But boy, let Mother Jefferson, Maxine Waters, and the rest of those great unifiers in the Liberal Party, they're all about unity, aren't they? He's a bunch of scumbags, she says. <laughs> wow, Maxie, I really got my feelings hurt. You called me a scumbag. Woo! Jerry Nadler called us thugs and gangsters? That little roly poly pig? Well, then I must be a thug and a gangster. If he said so, I'm Bull Connor, Joe Biden said. I'm George Wallace. My bet is this. If George Wallace hadn't been governor of Alabama, but instead had been a senator from Alabama, Joe Biden would have worked side by side with him every time there was legislation, civil rights legislation, or crime bills. Because Joe Biden and George Wallace think exactly alike. Joe Biden and Bull Connor think exactly alike. The difference is, George Wallace and Bull Connor We're openly racist. Joe Biden tries to hide it, but he's such an incompetent boob that it spills out anyway. And that was before he was dementia riddled. He was perfectly in control of himself when he screamed on the Senate floor that he didn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle. If those jungle dwelling blacks were allowed to go to school with his white kids. He was perfectly in control of his faculties when he eulogized Robert Byrd, his best friend, the Grand Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. But, hey, we got to give Joe credit. we got to tip our cap. He was the only white lifeguard in that crime-riddled black area where they play a lot of basketball. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Here's a good one for you. Anderson Cooper, who's about as pompous and arrogant as they come, a guy with zero journalistic credentials, but he is the son of a Vanderbilt, or the descendant of a Vanderbilt, and he is gay, so you cannot criticize him because he's gay, and that would render you immediately homophobic. So any criticism of Anderson Cooper can only be because he's gay. If you criticize him, it's not because he's an incompetent imbecile and an arrogant, pompous ass. It's because he's gay. You're just covering up for your homophobe, your homophobic behavior. So our research assistant found this, and this was beautiful. He's interviewing some woman on CNN, and this woman thinks she's really stumbled onto a great revelation. Oh, my God, she really believes she's nailed it. She's nailed Donald Trump. They all think they've nailed Donald Trump. That's my favorite. Christina Bob is one of President Trump's attorneys. You see her and Alina Haba on television a lot lately, because they're both members of the Trump legal team in Florida who were present at Mar-a-Lago the day the raid took place. So, of course, they're giving their views on what took place. So Anderson Cooper and this smarmy woman who is unnamed, they really think they've got President Trump because Christina Bob came to President Trump's legal team after representing OAN, One America News. And somehow Anderson Cooper thinks... That's evidence that this is a joke. Wait till you hear Anderson Cooper and the smarmy woman. But then a comparison of Anderson Cooper's credentials to Christina Bob's.
7: So wait a minute. I I should have known this, but um, one of his attorneys, the one who's been on TV a lot, she comes from OAN. That's where
8: he found her.
7: That's right. Yep. Uh, she is one of wow. several people who used to work at OAN who now works for Donald Trump.
8: Okay, Cooper, let's do a quick comparison, shall we? Christina Bob, bachelor's in English linguistics. Anderson Cooper, bachelor's in political science. Bob, advanced degrees, master's in national security law, master's in business administration, and a law degree. Bob also served as a law clerk at the White House counsel's office. Cooper, no advanced degree. Bob, military service. Captain, U.S. Marine Corps with a tour in Helmand Province, Afghanistan, and assignments as both a prosecutor and defense consul at Quantico, Virginia, Stuttgart, Germany, as well as additional duties in Africa. Cooper, no military service. Bob also served as an attorney at Customs and Border Protection, in addition to her tenure as the executive secretary for the Homeland Security Department, running the office that ran the department. Cooper, no civilian government service. While we're at it, Bob holds the highest security clearance issued by the United States government. Top secret, cleared for sensitive compartmented information. Anderson Cooper, not a chance.
1: Carpe diem to Christina Bob. They think they they, they love to mock anyone in the Trump orbit. Oh, he got her from OAN. So? People have to come from somewhere. What if he had hired an attorney that represented CNN? Would that have been mocked? Of course not, because CNN attorneys are upstanding individuals. But he thought that was clever. He thought they had stumbled on a, a real embarrassing moment until you examine Christina Bob's credentials, and then you feel like an asshat, or you should. Three advanced degrees, Anderson Cooper zero. That should be the end of the discussion. But it wasn't, because Christina Bob had achieved so much more, and Anderson Cooper had achieved so much less. You're messing with the wrong Marine, jackass. She was a captain, served a tour of duty in a war zone. You asshat. What have you done? You've stuck your gay ass in front of a TV camera every night. That's it. Because you're a coward. You're a coward who attacks heroes. That's what he does. She's a hero. Any way you slice it, she's a hero. And any way you slice it, he's not. He's an arrogant, pompous ass who hides behind being gay so that you can't criticize him. Leo Terrell has some thoughts on Biden's extremism. Leo, what do you think?
7: Well, you know, first of all, the characterization of 75 million Americans being extremists is just outrageous. Remember, Joe Biden on inauguration day said he wanted to unify the country. That is a lie because he has just thrown 75 million Trump supporters under the bus. I can sit here and proudly tell you, you call me a former Democrat. I left the Democratic Party because I became a Trump Republican because the Democrats are radical. They're extremists. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, 500 riots over the last three years. Defund the police. That's not America. That's chaos. And that's exactly what Joe Biden is doing. Politics, rhetoric, and you know what? This is a president that is basically unwanted by his own party, but he's pushing the political reform or agenda of the left.
1: That's exactly what he's doing, and he doesn't mind doing it, and we're talking about the radical left, which of which he's a member. Speaking of radicals, how about Merrick Garland, the attorney general, issuing... A memo to his staff. In this memo, he reminds them of policies limiting contact with members of Congress. He says, amid lots of interest by members to pry loose the details of many high-profile investigations. Read between those lines. is not very hard. You are not to talk to members of Congress as whistleblowers. No department employee. Now, I'd have to go back and look and see if the FBI falls under the purview of the Department of Justice. It probably does, but I'm not certain that the employees of the FBI count as employees of Merrick Garland. They probably work for Christopher Ray. A good employment attorney would be able to sort through the difference there. But he's threatening anyone who thinks of becoming a whistleblower. Can you imagine? There were some whistleblowers. That, that turned out to be faulty and fake when Donald Trump was president, but he didn't turn around and threaten whistleblowers. Their stories were lies, so he let them play out, and they were exposed. The January 6th people, they think they have whistleblowers, Cassidy Hutchinson, but her story blows up when the Secret Service officers, who she claimed told her these things, said she's a liar. They said nothing of the sort. But when you have FBI whistleblowers, at least 20 of them so far, officially, come forward, Merrick Garland sees fit to issue a statement. To ensure, he says, that Congress may carry out its legislative, investigatory, and oversight functions. He says, by the way, just in case you were wondering, as I was, that such policies were not intended to conflict with or limit whistleblower protections. Okay, well, he said so. He said so. Alina Haba, a pres- uh, President Trump's attorney. Do you believe this Garland? Do you believe he's a hypocrite?
7: As to what happened with Merrick Garland putting out a statement saying that you can't speak to Congress, I find that really ironic and hypocritical considering that January 6th had made a point of pulling people out that had no knowledge to come in and speak, even if they have no knowledge, and put forth some statement. Uh, This is a really sick state of our FBI right now. There needs to be a complete and utter clean of house if the president was, not, I always say this, but if he was not leading in the polls, this would not be happening. It is a sad state for our country.
1: It's a very sad state for our country. Alina Haba is completely right. Now, saying that, of course, according to these other jackasses, means that somehow or another, you're homophobic, racist, anti-United States. You're against democracy. You're all of these things. If you dare. And then we watched Timothy Tebow, not the great football player and the great Christian man, Tim Tebow, but Timothy Tebow, who is a an FBI agent, corrupt to the core, hid the hunter laptop story. Now we get reporting that says FBI higher ups, that could mean Christopher Ray, forcing FBI agents to sign false affidavits. So once again, the entire structure of the FBI is corrupt, inside and out. Tebow's allowed to walk out of the FBI office, retire, get full benefits and retirement pensions that you and I don't get, not in handcuffs, which is where he should be, should be in jail, should be charged and arrested, jailed until trial, held without bail. But he fit right in at the FBI. This is how they are. But his attorneys, as, we, as we've as we seen the video, much like Karine Jean-Pierre, tell us that our lying eyes did not quite see what we think we saw. We were deceived by our own sight. And by the way, they want to mind control you into thinking, when you see Tebow leave the FBI building escorted by security, that not only did you not see that, but it means nothing. It doesn't mean he did anything wrong at all. In fact, they say he voluntarily retired. He was not fired, not forced to retire. They saw fit to actually issue a statement on this. And he wasn't asked to retire. On his last day, Mr. Tebow turned in his security badge and walked with two longtime special agent friends through the field office to finish processing his paperwork. He walked out of the building by himself. Claims to the contrary are false. Really? Really? well, why is it then that I saw him walking out with a big black police officer next to him in full uniform if he walked out by himself? He was escorted out by security. The same perp walk that Peter Strzok took, Andrew McCabe took, that are becoming commonplace in the FBI. But somehow or another, his attorney saw fit to throw out a statement, apparently... His resume. He's done all of these wonderful things. (laughs) But they say Mr. Tebow welcomes any investigation of these false allegations. Really? Well, he's going to get the investigation. Now the question will be whether it happens under Republican power or Democrat power. If it happens under Democrat power, he's covered. He'll be on MSNBC before Christmas. If it happens under... Republican power, he'll be convicted and perhaps jailed by Easter. Big difference. Their statement says he's confident that all of his decisions were consistent with the FBI's highest standards for ethics and integrity. Can you imagine any lawyer saying that with a straight face? Buck Sexton is a former CIA analyst. Buck, do you think Thibodeau is a rogue operator in the FBI?
7: Look, there are a lot of people within the federal bureaucracy and in the intel agencies on the law enforcement side who are effectively activists. And it keeps happening in a way that we see who they favor. in the On the disinformation uh, situation, for example, which just came out with Mark Zuckerberg, why does the FBI think they're even in the disinformation policing game? Well, as we know, that always repli- that always applies to anything that would hurt a Democrat and help a Republican in an election. That then becomes disinformation. That's how social media and apparently the FBI view it. In this case, the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop. This guy, yeah, he left. What do you think's going to happen now? He's probably already negotiating his MSNBC or CNN or wherever gig, maybe a book deal, because the left takes care of their soldiers in this ideological fight. People within the federal bureaucracy who do the dirty work politically of either the Biden regime or whomever get taken care of on the back end. They know that. Just look at what's happened.
1: He's so right. They all get taken care of. Look at Saki, Saki, Saki. MSNBC. Now, say what you want about Karine Jean-Pierre and what a blatant liar she is. Saki was just as big a liar. She was just better at disguising the dishonesty that she was perpetrating on the American public. She wasn't illiterately stupid like this moron is. She lied smoothly. This idiot reads from a notepad or a binder answers to questions that were never asked. When she said that what we saw with our own eyes, illegal aliens crossing the border, untethered, and she said we, we didn't see that, didn't happen, Mike Pompeo felt motivated to speak. And they most certainly know what's going on. The statement from the White House podium yesterday was nothing short of a lie. They, they know the data. Their teams are telling them the data. This really gets to your point. Uh, at some point you have to look
7: yourself in the face and say goodness gracious the things that we've done are destroying the american way of life they are not protecting american sovereignty they're going to get communities all across of america uh, destroyed as a result of the fentanyl that's coming across and you, you have to begin to feel that in spite of the claims from the vice president that says we have to get to the root causes we know how to solve this we know how to secure our southern border we did it for the last couple of years of our administration
1: They've simply ripped the band This is an affirmative decision by the Biden administration to open our southern borders. They most surely know it, and I pray that they will find a way to get off their political stance and actually do the job that the American people are asking them to do. Carpe diem, Mike Pompeo. She's a liar. Karine Jean-Pierre is a liar. Now, there are people who are speculating that she'll be gone before the midterms. She's an absolute embarrassment. If you're a black lesbian, you're thinking, man, I'll never get a fair shot again after this debacle. People are going to categorize black lesbians under her. Well, we don't know if that's the case, but I know this. Somebody better start vetting people before you hire them. That includes Donald Trump. You better start vetting people before you hire them. To any position that can make a difference. Dana Perino used to serve in that job. When George W. Bush was president, she had some suggestions for Karine Jean-Pierre. From
7: her perspective, the press secretary, knowing that these, she should have known that these questions were going to come, okay, because it's pretty obvious that you've got a problem at the border with everybody coming across, and you got Novak Djokovic and the U.S. Open about to start, and he can't come. If you don't know that that is going to be a story from Friday to Monday, you need better support staff. And what I would have gone to Ron Klain and said, hey, guys we got a problem here, and by Monday, when I brief, I need a better answer. And if I don't have a better answer, I'm going to tell everybody in the press room that I asked for a better answer and didn't get one.
1: Carpe diem, Dana Perino. She's getting feisty. I like it. She's getting pissed off. This is how bad this regime is, that they're pissing her off. She doesn't get pissed off at anything. She's kind of a goody two-shoes. She never takes a stand one way or the other. But she has taken several stands in recent weeks. Because the Biden regime pushes people to that extreme. Brandon Judd is the National Border Patrol Council president. He says, Karine Jean-Pierre is exactly what we think she is.
7: She does know it. And, and I watch these these people walk across the border every single day. We, we see it. Um, it's disgusting what we're seeing. And she knows exactly what's happening. But she's deflecting. She's lying. She knows that the
1: mainstream media isn't going to cover this issue. That's exactly right. They're not going to cover it. And the truth is, what I said earlier, Fox's reporters who are there daily said that no other reporters from any other network, period, are there. Only Fox is covering the border. That's unheard of. But it tells you how corrupt the media is. But here's how desperate the Democrats are. Not only is Biden trotting around trying to convince everybody that Democrats are pro-law enforcement and Republicans are anti-law enforcement. We never wanted to defund the police. That was the Republicans. Even though there's miles of videotape telling you differently from the mouths of these Democrats. They're now also trying to convince you that it was the liberals that were against the lockdowns. My goodness, they didn't want the poor children out of school. Just listen to Kathy Hockule, the governor of New York, who's desperate now because Lee Zeldin has taken the lead in the polls over her in a Democrat state.
7: The decisions were made to have <coughs> learn remotely. Wow. Wow. What a mistake that was. One child in a classroom tests positive. The whole class goes home for a week and a half. It was chaos. Nothing short of chaos.
1: So somehow the chaos was caused by, not her, or not Democrats, but she Knew at the time that that was a terrible decision. Of course, she was silent. She didn't say a word about it. She didn't hold news conferences claiming, hey, this is the wrong policy. We can't do this to our kids. In fact, just the opposite. She was quiet as a church mouse. She didn't say a word. It's time that we get people with courage. What have we been saying on this show now for a long time? That everybody can do their small part. You can, you can give up a sports career in broadcasting and do this for a living. Taking risks, I did that. You can go to the polling places and volunteer. Make sure that the corruption is limited because you know it's going to be there. You can do small things. You can vote. That's number one. It's number one, two, and three, actually. Get out and vote. So you can do a lot of things. Rob Schneider is an actor from Saturday Night Live days and has made a number of movies. Not many of them are funny, but he ha- he has played some funny roles in movies where he wasn't the star. All of the Adam Sandler movies, he was hilarious. But he's fed up with it, and he doesn't care who in Hollywood knows and what effect it has on his career.
4: Are you willing to lose it all for what you believe? Absolutely. Yeah. Because because if we don't have it, then we have nothing. Mm-hmm. I want to. I'm not. I'm not. I don't care about my career anymore. Mm-hmm. I care about my children's. Me too. The
5: country that they're going to live in.
1: And then he told a story about a chaplain during the bombing raids in England when the flyers came to him one day and said, you know what, why should we go up and fly knowing we're going to be blown out of the sky, that over half of us won't come back? We know that. Why should we go up? They weren't saying they wouldn't go up. They are just saying, why should we? And the chaplain said to him, a number of things, but I'll let Rob Schneider finish the story.
4: Humanity has come out of it has come out of the dark ages. We've come out of where people get burned at the stake. People believe and, and go along with this. And there's a darkness that we have come out of and doing a more of an enlightened period, a more freer period. And he said this is a step back into those darkness, into the darkest parts mm-hmm. of humanity. And we need to stand up for that now. Carpe and that requires diem. this. So they all flew. We are uh, there again. Yeah, and it requires a new set of flyers. Carpe diem, Rob Schneider. I jumped the gun there.
1: Requires a new set of flyers. I always say George Washington didn't shirk his duty. And it requires a new set of George Washington's. We are duty-bound by the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence to overthrow a corrupt government. This is a corrupt government that has violated the Constitution time and again and continues to do so every single day. Now, they'll sick the Gestapo thugs on you, the, the FBI and the CIA and the Department of Justice. But our military is our only hope. We should be praying for a military coup every night. That's the only hope we have to overthrow this corrupt government. We say we can do it in the ballot box, but we know how they steal elections. So are you you up for giving them one more time, one more chance to steal the election? All right, give them November. Let's see what happens in November. Does our military have the spine? That's the question. And I do question it. Reports out of China are that She has told the Chinese to prepare for war, that they're becoming battle ready. They're going to invade someplace. It might be here, might be Phoenix, it might be Taiwan, but they're going to invade someplace and they're going to test the United States and find out what our military is made of. And I don't know the answer to that. We have coddled and babied and brainwashed the people that are in the military so badly now to the woke way of life that they might just lay down their weapons. That's the fear I have. I want to see what our soldiers are going to do. We've seen them in action before, but not under this regime we haven't. Except when this regime was murdering them. We'll see. That time is coming, though. I don't think anybody disputes that. So let's hear from Johnny Cash as we go to a break right here in the Window World Kings Court on com.
4: I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, "The old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, the old flag pole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I said, Al, ah, is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key set Washington writing, say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packenham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag but she waved on though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill There was Robert E. Lee, guard and Bragg And the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag On Flanders Field in World War I She got a big hole from a birth of gun. She turned blood red in World War II She hung limp and, lo, a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waiting back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Because she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground and we fold her upright. On second thought, I do like to brag, because I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag.
1: Welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you. Glad you're along for the ride on this hoop, uh, hoop day, hump day Wednesday morning. Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. Our good friends at Window World always reminding you that it just takes a phone call to make a big difference in the life of your home and in your utility bills and in the way your home looks and the thermal efficiency. And that phone call is to Window World, 314 314- They'll come out and give you a free in-home estimate, and they'll prove to you that they're simply the best for less. And that's not just a slogan. That's their way of doing business. They've proven it to me. Came out to my house after hail had broken through my windows, and they proved it to me, and I now have Window World Windows. And guess what happens when you have Window World Windows? Your utility bills come down. And if you're talking about price between Window World and the competition, it's laughable. You could build a Walmart between the two in terms of price. That's how great the distance is. So best service, best product, best price. 314-993-1800 will get it done for you. 314-993-1800. It's the official window of the Chiefs. They're getting ready to open their season this weekend. The preferred window of the Blues, they're getting ready to open their season in October. Window World gives you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass, breakage, and labor. How do they do that? Well, they use double-strength glass. That's how. And so your cool air in the summer isn't escaping, allowing your hot air in. Your warm air from your furnace in the winter isn't escaping, allowing the cold winter air in. Your air conditioner and your furnace are not working overtime 24-7. You have to replace them. Those are not cheap. All of that spells window world. 314-993-1800. That gets you that free... In-home estimate. Make sure you tell them that we sent you. Window World. All right, our phone lines are open. 636-538-0746. 746 On any of the topics that we've discussed today. I don't know if you're familiar with James Comer, but he is a congressman. And he is a guy that has a pretty influential committee assignment in Washington among the Republicans, and if they do get in power, he says it really doesn't matter what the pundits say, what the political correct crowd in Washington says, what the swamp says, or what leadership says. We're fed up with this deep state. The deep state is alive and real. It's going to be left up to Republicans, hopefully in a majority, starting in January, to try to end this and get us back on the path where we have confidence in our intelligence communities. Those are true statements. Remember, Devin Nunes told us that back in 2018 when he was the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. And he issued a memo. And the memo said that the FBI may have relied on politically motivated or questionable sources to justify its request for a secret surveillance warrant in the investigation of President Trump. That had begun in 2016, thanks to crooked Hillary Clinton. So the Republicans weren't wrong. They weren't screaming at windmills. They weren't in a forest somewhere. They were right in the middle of the swamp, and they saw the swamp rats. And they were right. And all the media and all the politically correct crowd in Washington all said, nah, you're full of it. There's no such thing as a deep state. As I recall the number, President Trump let 20,000 jobs remain vacant when he took over which was smart because he felt, as any smart conservative feels, government is way too big, way too big. It's run by a bunch of unelected bureaucrats, and that should end. We don't need assistance to assistance to deputies to assistance to assistance to deputies. We don't need that. Honestly, some of these titles are so long, you wonder how many people are in between them and the real decision-maker. If you're an assistant to the deputy's assistant to the director, you're nobody. And you really shouldn't be getting paid from the federal government, our taxpayer money. There's a lot of good things we could do with our money. And we'd have a lot of it if we weren't wasting it on bureaucrats. So if I would give President Trump any advice the next time he gets in, it's not only to vet the people that you're hiring, but don't hire near as many. If you cut 20,000 jobs last time, cut another 100,000 this time. Rid Washington of the swamp rats. Limit limit a senator or congressperson's staff to three people that are getting paid. You can have as many volunteers as you want. Two or three people, that's all you need. You don't need the rest of it. and that once you have an assistant attorney general, there aren't going to be 17 deputy assistants to the assistant's deputy. That's not going to happen anymore. You need U.S. attorneys throughout the country to prosecute cases. I would streamline that as well. As far as the FBI is concerned, everyone with any kind of an executive-level position, Gone. And then whoever you hire, the memo, first-day memo, goes out to all of the rank-and-file people and says this. If you ever are discovered to be politically motivated in your work, you will not only be fired, you will be arrested, charged, and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. You will not get retirement if you're eligible for it. Everyone signing this understands the meaning behind it. Now, a lot of people don't care about an oath. We've seen that. But i tell you what, you start laying it out to them, they're going to jail. They might think twice about their corruption. Cleo's up. Good morning, Cleo.
9: Hey, morning, Kevin. Tremendous show as always.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
9: I see in the paper in the city, some random some guy, he happened to be white, was shot at a stoplight at Page of the Academy. Who shot him? Shot in the back. Well, they don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Things, you know, nobody knows. You know, I, I I think it's terrible. You know, I'm a black guy. If I go through these neighborhoods, man, I always felt uneasy at the
1: stoplight. Absolutely. And there's no reason for that. You know, there, there are no police anymore. Uh, what Kim Gardner has done down there is render the police toothless. So there's really no police presence in those neighborhoods that uh, have crime. And the, and the criminals know it. That's the problem, Cleo. The criminals always know it. They're not stupid. They know that they're not going to get caught, so you can go up and shoot a white guy, a black guy. It doesn't matter at the stoplight. You won't get caught.
9: That's very true. They know they don't stop people for traffic stops anymore. No. It's, it's rare. Yeah, they're afraid to. And who can blame them?
1: I can't blame them. Truthfully, I cannot blame them. If you're not getting shot, you're getting accused of doing something wrong that you didn't do.
9: I'm telling you, if you're a police officer, I can rarely see when you get up in the morning and shave, you're looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, is this going to be my last day on
1: earth? It, it's possible. You know, there is no job like it, really, when you think about it. I remember a, a a wife of a fallen police officer saying one time, she always knew that she was loved by her husband and that he was loved by her because every morning before he left for work, they told each other they loved each other. Yeah. Because she knew that it was possible, that was the last time she would see him.
9: Well, thank goodness the police did have left. And, and you see, in LA County, they're quitting in droves because they won't get shots. They won't get the COVID shot.
1: It's, it's unbelievable if that's still a problem in this country. We are a laughing stock of the world. Not just we're not just the laughing stock of this country. We're an international laughing stock. When Novak Djokovic can't come into this country to play tennis, mm-hmm. we are an international joke.
9: That's
1: that's that's
9: the truth, man. You know, I tell you, I, I don't, I don't want to go to or to Europe as a tourist anymore. I'm afraid they'll run out of energy wherever
1: I go. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You're an American. You're a, you got a target on your back.
9: Yeah, that's another thing.
1: You got a bullseye, and I'm telling you, if I were from another country, I wouldn't want to come here. You're not going to force, mm-hmm. you're not going to force me to take a vaccine shot. I don't know if they're still forcing that in Canada, but I think they are. I believe they are. They may not. They may not be. Well, I'm trying to think. Did they eliminate Goldschmidt and Arenado from even coming into the country, or just that they couldn't play? I think they eliminated from coming in. Yeah, I think you have to have it to go in.
9: Coming in, yeah. God,
1: a vaccine that has been proven not to work, and they continue to insist on it for employment purposes. I mean, it's it's it makes you want to strangle Biden. It really does.
9: Yeah, we've lost a lot of armed services people because of it too.
1: Yeah, don't you get the feeling that the armed services people that refuse to take that injection are the ones that we really need on the front lines? True. You know, the cowards, oh, yeah, go ahead and jab me. Okay, I'm not so sure I want you fighting. But, of course, that's generalizing. I'm not saying all of them. But it's amazing to me that we turn our backs on the people that have volunteered to defend us, but they're not going to let you cause them health problems if they can stop it. And yeah, they, as a result, they, you fire them. The
9: Democrats have always wanted a weak, weak military, and that's what they're getting.
1: Yeah, they have. And they've got yeah. one. You're darn right they do. And that's what scares they, me, the, the word coming out of China that they're getting ready for war. I, I've been waiting for them to attack, to be honest with you.
9: Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, <laughs> and what's the administration going to do about it? Yeah. You know, they they were surprised. When Russia went into Ukraine yeah. despite the massive buildup.
1: Right. <laughs> it was telegraphed for months. And well, yeah, gosh, that shocked us. Well, China won't shock you. It'll be shocking awe, but the awe will be on our part.
9: And then when they did it, Millie said it only take him a couple
1: days to take over Ukraine. Yeah. That's how smart but he it, is. he he
9: belongs on the gallows. He's a traitor. He is a traitor.
1: He has been a traitor. All along, it amazes me how traitorous, how treasonous, excuse me, how treasonous our military leaders are. It'd be hard, you'd be hard pressed to find one that's not a traitor.
9: Well, it ain't going to get any better unless we get some conservative people in charge, man.
1: Well, it better happen fast. November can't get here soon enough for that uh, to happen. Although I love this time of year, so I don't want it to fly by, but I wish we could move the election up to tomorrow. Yeah. That would be nice. Get rid you, you of these bastards.
9: What, you see what Fetterman won't, won't uh, debate eyes?
1: <laughs> I saw that. Funny. This Fetterman guy, I mean, it's time to pull the, the uh, curtains back on this guy. First of all, he's lived in Mommy's basement his whole life. He's right. never ha- had a real job. He's never had a business. He's never run a business, never been part of one, never been an employee. He has never purchased a house. He bought a house from a family member for a dollar. Mommy and Daddy have allowed him to live off their trust fund his whole life. (laughs) This is the guy that you want to put in office? Seriously? He's Uncle Fester. He is Uncle Fester. And on top of all of that, he had a stroke that's debilitated him.
9: That's right. Yeah, Uncle Uncle Fester never came out of the house either.
1: No, Uncle Fester didn't. But Uncle Fester wasn't as uh, prone to lunacy as this guy is. (laughs) I, I, I have to be honest with you, Cleo. I would vote for Uncle Fester over this guy. <laughs> and I'd vote for Lurch <laughs> over both of them.
9: <laughs> I bet the, the IQ of Dr. I is probably like 135. Uncle Fester is probably about 72.
1: At, at most. Yeah, I think you're giving him a little extra credit there. He stayed after <laughs> class to get that 72. I, I, I think more in single digits. I mean, when you hear Fetterman speak, you just laugh. And now he doesn't show up. When Biden comes down because of a scheduling conflict. Sure, wink, wink. Well, Biden's going to be back in that area. So why don't you go, go visit with him in the next few days over the weekend? Well, he won't. Fetterman won't come near Biden.
9: I tell you, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, there was, there was massive vote fraud in the 2020 election. There was a lot of. No question.
1: Pennsylvania is one of the most corrupt states in the, in the union. And I believe this. If a guy or a gal refuses to debate the other candidate unless there's a, a reason, A bias reason. Trump should have, Trump should have never debated Biden because of the way that was set up. He shouldn't have. But if you can't point to evidence that corruption is at work, then you should be eliminated from the race.
9: I mean, they're losers on so many issues now, the liberals. they're total losers. That's why they won't debate.
1: They can't all debate. Over the place. That's right. They can't debate because what are they going to say? Yeah, we're in favor of defunding police. We're in favor of the FBI raiding people's homes. We're in favor of open borders. We're in favor of a bad economy. We're in favor of spending all your money. We're in favor of making you pay for Joe Smith's college education. Is that what they're going to say in a debate?
9: And I'll tell you, this Biden now he's he's, he's decrying fentanyl. It's been killing people for, for a couple of years now, right. a younger generation. And he uses that as a campaign uh, uh,
1: push. Yeah, he just He didn't care.
9: He never cared. He doesn't care now. He
1: doesn't care now. He just discovered it, uh, but he doesn't care. One thing we know is he doesn't care about anyone but Joe Biden. He's an evil man. One of the most evil that's ever been created. He does not care. And that lying son of a bitch, I mean, the way he can lie, and then when we start screaming, I just get a kick out of it. Keep screaming, you moron. You look dumber than even before.
9: Yeah, he's 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 big on plausible plausible deniability, remember that?
1: Oh yeah. That's a big thing for him, but he's such a racist, Cleo. I don't know how any black person can vote for him. I really don't. Yeah, but unfortunately
9: for him, his denials now are not plausible. Nothing is believable. No,
1: nothing's believable. Nothing out of his mouth is believable. I'm wondering how black people thought what what they thought of his comments yesterday with regard to going down to the most crime-ridden area in town, the black area, and being the only white lifeguard there, my son Bo went down there to those criminals. And, of course, we all knew where the best basketball was played. I mean, I don't know how you can be, you can cross all the T's and dot all the I's of being a bigot and a racist more than that.
9: That, yes, and a damn fool for saying it.
1: A total fool for saying it, yeah. I mean, we know he thinks it. He's (laughs) always thought it. He's let it slip out before. But now he's brazen about it. He, He doesn't seem to care.
9: Well, I wish you would come to Missouri and speak. I'll be there.
1: Oh, yeah. I think I might be there just for the hell of it. I might be there to see what you'll say. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Great clear. show, man. Thank Thanks you for man.
9: all the inf- information.
1: You betcha. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, you listening. Yeah. All right, folks. That's going to run us out of time today, but we're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning. Know that. We don't leave. We're here all the time. Get informed. Make sure you vote because it's we're going to need you. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.